0: Love talk radio
1: yes yes y'all y'all are now listening to the sound of the shofar blowing. The shofar is a ram song that is blown to inspire the people to do their thing. A shofar is blown to coordinate a queen or a king. Today, the shofar is being blown Uh, to call us to look to the future. This is Fo Show Holistic Health on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Shofar, uh, from Fo Show Energy Works. And today, my guest is Professor Arjuni Brown. I met this gentleman last year. He did a dope presentation on Afrofuturism. He's a professor of African Studies at SDSU, and he's also the author of the upcoming short story, uh, Providence. So let me go ahead and bring him online here now. I'm
0: online. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, man. Thank you for the, uh, the you know, patience and everything through the technical difficulty. This has truly been Afrofuturism at its best because we've had a while to be trying to present this in the future, and, you know, and it's been online, but uh, I appreciate you um, coming online today.
0: Yeah, I appreciate the invite. Um, I've been looking forward to it for a long time. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, first off, uh, let's just go ahead and jump into it because I know our time is short here. And um, mm-hmm. so uh, what what exactly is Afrofuturism?
0: Well, Afrofuturism, in, in, in my definition, um, uh-huh. it's the philosophical and artistic expression of alternative realities regarding people of African descent. That's really like the textbook definition, but there are others that have other definitions depending on their perspective and their, their course of study. Mine is, of course, science fiction and uh, basically literature, comics, science fiction, and film. Um, uh, but others might have, you know, uh, different definitions um, depending on their perspective. But that's pretty much the basic perspective, just, you know, alternative realities re- regarding people of African descent.
1: I like that, alternative realities, and sometimes with the realities that we face here, face here in the current, uh, current situation, I can see why we want some alternative realities sometimes.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, especially what's going on in our nation now, just the, the atmosphere of what's going on with regard to law enforcement and our communities. We definitely want to create a new reality for our people, and it, it's really important to have those discussions in the classroom but also out in the community as well.
1: And, you know, um, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Shadow Theo, he would always, uh, he said some stuff that really uh, stuck with me. He said that, um, you know, sci-fi is a, is a way for people to project themselves into the future. And, yes. you, know, you know, and if, if we don't see ourselves in the future, then what is that saying to our subconscious or, as I like to call it, our superconscious mind um, about right. our place or, you know what I mean? So what are your thoughts on that about, using science fiction and these different um, media to project ourselves and our self-image
0: into the future. It's very important. I mean, science fiction is social justice. I mean, we are creating a reality that may not exist right now, but will, can and may exist in the future. Uh, any political activist, uh, uh, such as Martin Luther King, he, create, he thought in his mind of a better world for all people, not just African Americans, but all people. He wanted everybody to be equal. That was a dream that he had. He is an Afro-futurist. Think of Harriet Tubman. She was an Afro-futurist. She said, you know what, here in the South we are slaves, but if we go north, if we follow that North Star, we will be free, physically free from slavery, but also she taught people to be mentally free from slavery because that is a whole, that's a whole other um, Uh, process of becoming mentally free so it's internal as well as external it's it's real and tangible but it's also spiritual as well wow that's that's really deep what you just said uh as far
1: as uh you know martin luther king and uh harriet tubman you know her taking that that north star starship you know and helping us to get on that get get on that starship right there that's that's deep to see them as Afrofuturism. Uh, Af- Af- Afrofuturist. Wow.
0: Yes. <laughs> they were the first see. Afrofuturists. I mean, they, they, they really, uh, you know, they, they created a new reality for people. They they brought them to freedom, literally uh, and figuratively, um, and and mentally too. It, it's, Afrofuturism is also a, a, it's a mental state of mind. It's do you see yourself in the future? Do you see your family and your community in the future? Do you see their place? in the future, uh, or do we not exist at all? Because there are some people that feel like we may not even exist in the future, um, or we may not be included in the greater community of humanity in the future uh, because it's not portrayed uh, in, you know, mass media that we will be in the future. In, in the beginning, uh, when we first saw the pulp, you know, pulp science fiction films, there were no black people in those films early on uh, in, during the golden age of science fiction or even in science fiction texts. In short stories and novels, it's like, where are people of color in these books? Do we not exist a thousand years from now? Do we not exist five hundred years from now? And so, Afrofuturism is changing that conversation. It's asserting that we do exist in the future. We're thriving, and all of humanity is inclusive. Everybody is there, not just one group of people or one group of uh, or one type of uh, life philosophy. You know, our philosophy exists how we physically exist in the future as well. And I, uh, like you alluded to, I think that's very
1: important to, to feed that to our, our, our own self, for our own self-image and, and how we see ourselves, and, and very importantly to pass on to the, to, to the next generation. Um, you know, yeah. on some Star Trek next generation type stuff, like in order for us to, to have a better future, we need to plant those ideas you know mm-hmm. about a better future in these children's mind, and what better way to do it through just creating a whole new reality through through, through fiction.
0: Yes, that's where it begins, no. starting with the imagination. I mean, a chi- Even think of a child's mind; they they don't they don't see a future without themselves in it. You know, they haven't been tainted, it, right? A child's mind is pure; it's it, it's it's very virgin, and so. um as you grow older and you are affected by society, you know, institutional racism, things like that, you start to doubt, do I even have a future? Right? And that that t- it, but when you come out of the womb, you're not like that. You are a clean slate. You think, you know what, I'm going to exist, my friends are going to exist, my family's going to exist. So it's really about adopting that uh that original uh free thought and asserting that in um and an Afrofuturist mindset.
1: I love it. I love it. Very true. Very true. And, and you know, like uh, another, another point to it, I feel like just also, it, again, I, I believe that's why the ancient Egyptians who were African people, um, why yes. they understood this to, to, to use pictures because a picture says a thousand words. And so right. when we see these comic books and everything, yes, we do read them and everything too, but just to see a superhero with melanin and to see that they Mm. have some power. They have some power over themselves. They have some power over their environment. The violence of that speaks to the subconscious of the child.
0: It does. It does. Children absolutely believe that that their favorite superhero has those powers. And think about what that does for their psyche. Think about what that does for their own um, – the way they think about themselves, their own self-esteem. Basically, think about the psychosocial connection that we all have with our favorite superhero. That's, what you, that's how you have to look at it. So if we're telling children of color, hey, you can be like Icon or you can be like Hardware or you can be like Black Panther or Storm or Rocket or any of the other characters that are in the canon of, of, of comics now that are of color, um, they, they will say, you know, what? you know what, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can fly metaphorically fly but you know we can maybe you maybe you can fly in your own way you know it's really about uh opening your mind to new possibilities without any filter that's what it is about Mm -hmm. um you don't you want to look at the future without any filter and that's the way you, you you look at the future without any kind of limitations and that's the way you grow without any without any filter
1: yeah exactly that, that changes, um, it changes how you may go about your finances. It, go, it changes how you may go about your relationships, how you go about, you know, uh, uh, applying for, for, for the small business loan or,
0: or um, for right.
1: college. You know, right. it, it transmutes over into these things as well, other aspects.
0: Exactly. If you're starting your own small business, you have to believe that that business will be successful from day one. If you don't have that belief, it's not going to be successful. You cannot have a doubt. That you'll be successful whatever you put your mind to, and that's just futurist theory in, in, you know at its base. We believe that this will happen in the future and we're going to make it happen we're going to put that energy forward in order for us to achieve that goal
1: and you know me being you know doing the type of work that I do and doing things that you know i you know ten years ago I didn't even know that we could do as human beings and everything and I think as you know, I mean, this is—I know you touched on this being a very spiritual thing as well, Afrofuturism. Uh, I'm yes. all about human potential, and I feel right. like I know we've heard the little saying. I don't know how much of it is true, but we've heard that you know we only use three percent of our brain, and then we see movies right. like Matrix and Lucy and stuff like that, and we've we've heard, you know, the uh, people doing really amazing things. You know, um, kind of mm-hmm. like uh, what was that movie with um, uh, Doctor Glass, uh, Mister Glass, and uh, Unbreakable.
0: Yeah, no, Unbreakable, bro. great movie.
1: Unbra- mm-hmm. Unbreakable. If you have somebody who's unbreakable, then you have a Mr. Glass too or whatever, Dr. Glass. But uh, when we right. hear these stories of people doing amazing things with their minds, I think it's really, that, again, going back to Afrofuturism and comics and stuff like mm-hmm. that, it's really good right. for us to feed this into our psyche that we can do. I think humanity really hasn't tapped the, the, the surface or even the no. tip of the iceberg really about what we're, we, we, we can do.
0: You're correct. We operate within limitations, accepted limitations. We believe that we can only do, go so far, and so we operate within that belief system that we can only go so far. But if you take that away, take away that filter once again, and you believe that if you start to believe that you can achieve anything, literally anything, that will open up a lot of other doors. Wow. It starts right there, belief in self, that you can do anything. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's very okay. powerful, and,
1: and, and ideas, you know, influence other ideas. I think that's another uh, powerful thing about Afrofuturism. I mean, we see it like in hip hop, where our artists may sample another artist's music or whatever. Mm-hmm. A truly good sample, a truly good sample is like uh, where you can't even really distinguish where the person took it from in the beginning. Um, right. And you know, um, some people just th- jump on a, a old beat or whatever. But I bring that up to the point because. I see, like, with uh, movies like, uh, or books like, uh, I think it was called Neuromancer or, or Ghost in the Shell and how these right. influenced The Matrix, um, yeah. you know, and then The Matrix just took things to a whole other level or whatever. So even just sparking ideas, Tupac said, I may not be the one who, who does it, but I may spark the mind of the next person, you know what I mean? Correct. And I think Correct. even that is just important, just that we keep passing that torch, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Other, yep, you're absolutely correct. Ideas create and motivate people to create other ideas. I mean, before Neuromancer was written, nobody knew what cyberpunk was. It didn't exist. The term didn't exist. And then we put a term around it. Oh, it's called cyberpunk when we're we connected, literally physically connected to technology. We're very close to that right now. I mean, it's, if, you, if you think about, uh, say, like Google Glass you know, and how we're using uh, augmented reality, Um, where you can talk and text while just looking forward and you can talk to your glasses and all that stuff. I mean, that's augmented reality. But imagine if that was a contact lens or imagine if that was an implant in your eye. You know, that's all very cyberpunk science fiction and it exists in those stories. But we're getting very close to that reality if it hasn't already happened already in experimented trials. Now, think about... with regard to Afrofuturism, well, what can we do as a community? How can we come together as a community to end all violent crime in the black community? People believe it's not possible, but it is possible. First, you have to believe that it is possible. How can we come together? We are all in the same situation. All these, all these violent acts in our community affect everybody, regardless if you actually live on that block or if you live a thousand miles away from that block. It affects the whole uh, Africana community, African diaspora, um, how can we change ourselves in order to help ourselves? Basically, that is what Afro, the basis of Afrofuturism is. It's just starting that dialogue, teaching people to believe in themselves first and believe that um, they can have an important role in changing their community. It's like paying it forward. You know, if everybody did a kind act to someone, it will reverberate around the world. It starts with that, mm.
1: yeah. right? That whole uh, the whole butterfly effect thing.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. Butterfly flaps its wings in China, and it starts a hurricane somewhere else, right? Wow. Yeah. Oh, very stuff. powerful. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Powerful Johnny. Okay. Can you can you uh touch on believe it or not? We're already halfway through the show, man. Um time goes by quick. Um <laughs> wow. but uh, yeah. uh the, the thirty minutes, yeah, but but I mean I mean when we're talking on something like this or whatever, man, I mean you really we really get into it, man. So uh mm-hmm. tell me like uh Because some people, you know, even though we've defined it and we're giving ideas about it, some people uh again the pictures or whatever, can you talk a little bit about how Afro like uh have we seen it with P-Funk or Beyonce recently or Janelle Monae's videos, you know, um, Earth, Wind, and Fire? Can you touch a little bit about where people may have already seen some of these things or what it looks like?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm glad you brought up Earth, Wind, and Fire and um, the P-Funk. Um, the, the term Afrofuturism wasn't coined until 1993, but the music pressing Afrofuturist philosophy existed years, decades before that. And so Mm. when you think about, you know, the the Funkadelics, and they, I mean, they had a UFO on stage when they performed, right? Right. A spaceship on stage, you know, get on the metaphorical mothership, you know, um, Mm. go back to the motherland, Mentally first, like go back to your roots, mentally and spiritually, and we'll take you there on this mothership. You know, that's the whole concept of the mothership connection. Um, Earth, wind, and fire, just look at the cover of earth, wind, and fire and all the symbols on their covers. I mean, those are Egyptian Mm -hmm. symbols. Those are ancient African symbols, right? Um, Mm -hmm. If you look in the liner notes of the Parliament Funkadelic's uh, al- LPs, albums. I know, you know some people still buy LPs now. A lot of people are downloading on iTunes. But, you know, if you go and look in the liner notes of an LP, those are Afrofuturist comics in their LP. It's a comic book story. All right? Uh, it's uh, Janelle Monae. I mean, she is the epitome of Afrofuturism. Um, her her videos, Mini Moons, and um, there's uh there's a, a couple of other videos that she has where she is, you know, the arc android, right? What does that mean? Why is why is the she's using her body, as, the female body, as an arc android? What does that mean? Is she an object? Is she a robot? Is she what? what is issue? She has redefined, reimagined her own identity, uh, so the industry cannot label her. They can't label her as just a black female who sings R&B. They can't do it. she's a whole other, on a whole other level. You know, she is an arch android. She is a she is a, a, uh, a bionic creature that is, you know, is, it, is she programmed? Is she not programmed? Is she free? Is she artificial intelligence? Is she just of another world altogether, which is very possible, you know? She, wow. what In reimagining her identity as a singer, she has not allowed the industry to label her. That's how you reimagine yourself. That's how you um, define yourself, define your own identity before people start naming you. Because you know what happens when people start naming you. Then they tell you what you are and what you can and cannot do. She has completely thwarted that by reimagining herself. So think of all these Afrofuturist musicians who have done that for themselves. They say, no, I'm an alien. Andre 3000.
1: Right.
0: right. You know, what does that mean? You know, uh, he's an AT, A-T, A-T alien he, he's, he's an AT alien exactly he's not a rapper he's an AT alien okay okay what does that mean we have to the industry cannot label that man right uh, it's mm. it's I, I mean even Erica Badu if you look at the symbolism in her videos the symbolism is powerful she you can even say she she's never said I'm an alien but just look at the symbolism in her videos um uh, Didn't You Know, I believe, is one of my favorite videos uh, where she actually is dressed like an astronaut or some astro, Afrofuturist astronaut, I guess an Afronaut. An Afronaut, yeah. De- an Afronaut, yeah, and she's walking through the desert, and as she's walking through this desert, she's she's making a trail, like her, her, her outfit is kind of like dragging in the sand, and it creates like a crop circle. You know, what we would com- oh. what we compare to like a crop circle in the desert, and she is – alien she's in a, she's in a uh, I guess the desert could represent the universe this is vast universe and the grain of sand is like you know the stars and so she even had, she's been doing this for years on her albums right so all of these Afrofuturist musicians are re, you know redefining themselves so they cannot be labeled they can't just be labeled singers or rappers they're more than that they're otherworldly uh, sonic beings if you will and, uh, of we, the and my world students the Sonic, beams. Sonic, beams. yes, yes. My wow. students and I at SDSU, we dissect their music videos. Every single one of them. We talk about this. This is what. The, this is the whole purpose of that class. The whole purpose of why I created that class was just to expose my students to this kind of thinking. You know, it's just not entertainment. It's a lot deeper than just being entertainment. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> So that's yeah, I, I want
1: to take your class now, man. Like, good God,
0: please show up. You know, please have, have us. You take a seat.
1: <laughs> right, I'm, I, 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 yes. I'm gonna take you up on that, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely have to come in and sit on, on one of them, man. Because this is, I mean, just what you were saying about labels and limits, and and those mm-hmm. are those artists who have been able to fight them, uh, been able to place themselves outside of that boundary or whatever. They that's that's powerful because, it, you know for what it does for their psyche, for what it does to their listeners, you know, uh, uh, and especially for the music artists, like you said, because of going back to the a picture paints a thousand words, but a, a, a song paints a thousand pictures, you know.
0: Exactly. Yes, it does. It affects so every listener differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Every panel in, in a comic is speaking. It's more than a paragraph, more than a sentence. It's a whole book in one, in one picture you know so it's more than like a sentence you know says what it says but if you look at a comic panel you can write a whole story off that one comic panel that one picture you know and comics have multiple panels yeah it's very powerful visual communication is more powerful than just the written word cuz cuz you see it and it affects the reader/viewer differently than if you're just reading say some text Alright, that's why I incorporate comic books into my course is because it talks to my students literally visually. They're visually listening and they're visually reading, they're visually like being affected by each panel and they see things differently. You know, artists is an the eye of the beholder, so each of my students sees a little something a little bit different in each panel of a comic. And so yeah, it's that's why I love incorporating comic books into my course. It's it's wonderful. Wow. It's that, like that, that forgotten.
1: Go ahead. I love what you said. I I apologize. I love I love what you said though about each panel just speaking and having its own story, how you could build a story around just each panel. I never even thought about it like that, but that's totally true. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Just the cover the cover uh-huh. art, like
1: just the, the cover art alone and the interpretations mm-hmm. and what you what we get from it or the stories that we you could take one cover of of a of a of uh you know, Bishop or something or Storm and just put right. it on the cover or whatever and tell everybody, Okay, now write a story based on just that cover. And nobody's yes. stories would yes. be exactly the same.
0: Hey, you're, you're absolutely correct. Everybody's story would be completely different. You know. <laughs> you remember those Far Side comics? They were really one panel. Far Side comic it was one panel. It would show up in the Sunday Sunday Funny section of the newspaper. It was one picture and like maybe one sentence. And everybody oh, who read yeah. that one Far Side, yeah, everybody who read that one Far Side comic. You know They were affected differently by it. I mean, it was comical. It was funny. But you know there was, a lot, there was philosophy in it. There was satire in it as, as well. So it's, each panel affects someone differently. So if you're reading an entire graphic novel, you can only imagine the discussions we have in the Afrofuturism class. Powerful.
1: Yeah. Powerful. I know Octavia, Octavia Butler says, uh, one of, who's one of my favorite science fiction writers, um, she said mm-hmm. that everything that we touch, we change. And everything that we yeah. change changes us. Yes. So, sounds like that's what you're doing with your with your. Uh, that's what you're doing with your your uh, classes, and
0: yeah, uh, I can only
1: imagine that the the effects, and once especially once you bring awareness to these things, like sometimes it's planting the seed or whatever, we don't get it, but it it, it strengthens it once you bring you awareness to it. It just takes
0: it to a whole exponential another, another level. Right. Right. I mean, it's, my students, came, they registered for the class not knowing exactly what they were going to experience. And I told them that's the best kind of way to come into this class, be a clean slate and let me show you something new that no one else is teaching you. All right, you didn't learn this in high school. If you went to J- at J.C., you probably didn't learn it at J.C. More than likely you didn't learn it at J.C. And so it's, when you're coming to, the, to San Diego State, I created this class for my students because when I was a student at San Diego State, this class did not exist. And so my goal wow. was to create something that should have been on the uh, curriculum a long time ago. You yeah. use that for well, well. right there. That is. I projected it and made it exist. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So wow. it's a lot of fun.
1: Mm-hmm. That's deep, man. That's deep. Well, we're at the five-minute mark or whatever, so what I want to do definitely so that, um, you know, uh, if people want to reach out or get more information. And also, I, uh, real quick, I want to give a plug uh, about your upcoming book, uh, uh, Providence. So, you know, in this just last yeah. five minutes, um, you know, wrapping up, telling us a little bit about Providence and then how people can okay. get more information about Afrofuturism or your classes
0: or whatever, you know, reach out to you, sure. however you want to take it. Okay. Well, first, you guys can follow me on Twitter at I am Ajani Brown. That's I am A J A N I B R O W N. It's my Twitter handle, and um, as far as uh, the my debut short science fiction short story, Providence, it will be in the Unveiling Visions: The Alchemy of the Black Imagination anthology, due for release uh, fall twenty sixteen. And so uh, I'm really excited. This is my debut as a science fiction writer. I'm so proud to be about to be a part of this project. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, I'll have to give a shout out to Ronaldo Anderson and John Jennings. They are the curators of the Unveiling Visions, um, the Alchemy of the Black Imagination exhibit at the uh, Schomburg Center, New York Public Library, Harlem, New York. Uh, I went to the gala back in October, and I was so happy to see all the art. All the, the film posters, the books, all the uh, African and African American science fiction books that they had on display. So the anthology that I'm a part of is attached to that exhibit at the Schomburg Center. I'm not sure if the exhibit's still going on, but um, they might turn it into a tu- they might turn it into a touring, uh, so it can come to the West Coast. But yeah, it was a uh, part of the <clears throat> Schomburg Center's Unveiling Visions exhibit, and so I- I'm just. Proud to be a part of that program, and I'm just happy that's my debut. And um, yeah, a lot more is going to come from that. Uh, Providence is a story about two warring tribes on a distant planet with two suns. And it's, it's, it's a tribe that's a, a bit more spiritual, and they, they get their energy from a rock that fell from the sky, so basically a meteorite. And um, the warring tribe that they're that they're fighting against is more of a bionic Bionic tribe, so imagine there's a, a tribe with, wow. that lives in glass- that lives in glass pyramids okay um oh, and nice. they they all and they 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 are have you know um bionic attachments and they that enhance their strength all right and um they basically the alchemists of the tribe um want to take over all the resources of this planet, but this other tribe that's a little bit more spiritual spiritually connected to the heavens are fighting them. With um, their their connection to their ancestors, so their ancestors are literally helping them um, to fight this other this or other warring tribe. So it's a, it's a very fun story. Uh, I'm I'm adapt, adapting it to comic book. By the way, I'm going to adapt oh, Providence wow. to comic book. Yeah, so there will be images in the anthology, and um, uh, you will be able to see what I am talking about as as well as read the story. So. I'm really excited. So shout out to uh, the Unveiling Visions, The Alchemy of the Black Imagination Anthology, and all the contributors, as well as the two editors, John Jennings and Ronaldo Anderson, uh, both professors as well. So thank you. Oh, man. Well,
1: uh, Ajani, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to this. This is going to be great. You know, I'll definitely be connecting with you some more on my own personal level because um, I okay. know everything that you talked about here on the show. Thank you again for your time, and, you know, thank, thanks, thanks for, you know, shedding that after-futurism with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. You've been listening to Faux Show Holistic Health on Blog Talk Radio. Again, I'm your host, Shofar. My um, guest, again, was uh, Professor Argeny Brown. I check out his website and everything. And, um, again, uh, we appreciate you all. you all stay up. Keep shining. Peace. Peace.